0: Hi, and welcome to Being Lutheran, a podcast dedicated to proclaiming the excellencies of Jesus Christ and the biblical theology expressed in the Lutheran Confessions. Today, Pastor Jason Goodham, Pastor Brett Bowe, and myself return to the Catechism, discussing the Seventh Commandment.
1: Welcome to the Being Lutheran podcast. Hi, Brett. We're back at it today. Let's let's get started. We're we're back on
2: track. I'm Jason Goodham. Let's do the introduction. <laughs> <laughs> we were the, wrestling with,
0: like, how do we change yeah, this up? And right. so you had sent an email saying, oh, you should maybe do some stats. I'm like, I don't yeah, think was, I want to yeah. do that. That was
2: John from Nebraska suggested we do starting lineups and stats. But I think, I there's think there's he's a, from Nebraska. Yeah. Right. <laughs> well, he's John from the UP who's now in Nebraska. Right. Yeah. But there's enough non-sports fans that we, we've we got a very small audience. We don't want to drive that? them away. Uh, I, I <laughs> what would our stats
0: be? It's like, I'm a sinner. Saved by grace. Ah, uh, thank you, Jesus. Yeah,
1: no, I, I I grew up in the Michael Jordan era in, in Chicagoland, and I have the "Eye of the Tiger" song, uh-huh. and, and now the and you got the the the, the starting the starting lineup. line of song by Sirius. Is that what yes, the uh yes. the yeah all of that oh I'm sorry I said the Ron song well oh, I have yeah. the tiger works too for sports yep. but yeah that's well, rocky <laughs> we'll,
2: we'll we'll muddle through introductions like this every so often but it is so good we're back to the catechism finally we've yes. we've been what three weeks off with our two weeks and then a catch up week last week mm-hmm. uh, it's good to jump back into the content of the catechism and start mm-hmm. talking about how scripture delivers to mm-hmm. us uh, these basic fundamental principles of our faith
0: mm-hmm. so what is the seventh commandment
1: yes <laughs> that's where we're at yeah Cad echo, right? The echo, echo, back, and forth. echo back of the cad. Echo, yeah, what echo, is the echo. seventh commandment? And yeah, let's jump right into it. It's you shall not steal. And what does this mean? That's the follow-up question, of course. We should fear and love God so that we may not take our neighbor's money or property, nor get them with bad products or deals, but help him to improve and protect his property and business.
2: Uh, This is the progression Luther has chosen uh, in laying out the catechism. Mm -hmm. Uh, Remember, we're on the second table of the law now, where our primary focus is our neighbor, serving God by serving our neighbor. Mm -hmm. And so the progression Luther uses, uh, he has this quote in the large catechism, after the commandment about you personally and your spouse, the next comes the commandment about temporal property. Mm -hmm. And so the progression here goes from neighbor, neighbor spouse, sixth commandment, and now, neighbor stuff. The mm-hmm. Seventh commandment.
0: So, are we talking about vocation?
1: Oh uh, yeah, always. You know, I don't know if we even said vocation last episode. Yeah, Maybe it was part of the lesson, it. though. I, I don't think so. I I almost said it just, just to, to say, get it out of the way to say just, I love vocation. <laughs> 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 this
0: episode was brought to you by <laughs> vocation.
1: Yeah, something like that. But as long as it's
2: talking about Christian life, it's talking about vocation. And so mm-hmm. we have a vocation to protect. And bless our neighbor's property, mm-hmm. not just keep it from yeah. being stolen, but to
1: uh, uphold it and cause it to right. prosper.
0: Walking in that selfless, sacrificial love of Christ that we have been extended through the freedom of the gospel. Yep, absolutely. And,
1: you know, as as often the law does this, there's layers to it. And there's, I think, Jason, you mentioned a couple episodes, there's kind of the gloss. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't know I always think, I don't think I mentioned this, but I always think of, I saw a T-shirt one time that was like the hillbilly Ten Commandments and it was like no cheating no uh, yeah. <laughs> it, yeah there's a gloss for each one so it, i think people automatically think of well don't steal, don't in, steal in terms of which is the right and that's, that's literal good. interpretation right, of literal, the commandment <laughs> but it, i guess what i'm saying is people think of i haven't been caught being a thief recent you know maybe when you were a kid you stole like a pack of gum from a convenience store, or you know, maybe there's an example like that, but I think this is one of those commandments where people think I'm good, I, I haven't done this. But when you dive in deeper, there's layers to it, and that's one thing I appreciate about the what does this mean section is I've grown into this more. Yep. And which, by the way, the catechism is something to grow into and not to grow out of. Yeah. But I like how Luther talks about not only not stealing, but uh, I like how he says, but help your neighbor improve and protect his property mm-hmm. and business. I think that's a neat um, application. And maybe that's another topic application and implications mm-hmm. of a commandment or a, or gospel. But, but yeah.
0: just reminds me of Philippians chapter two you know, think of others' needs as more important than your own. Mm-hmm. And that's really exactly what he's yep. doing. Yep.
2: Yeah. And so just like all of the other commandments, there's a prohibit and promote aspect to this. You mm-hmm. mentioned the glosses, yep. theft. Uh, where I, I like to ramp it up a little bit because of how Luther lays it out in the large catechism mm-hmm. is probably define it as robbery. Hmm. Uh, I, th-
1: I think that gives it a little bit more of a layer. What's, or, what's or different nuance. between robbery and theft? Well, or what's the uh, rub there?
2: From a Christian, and maybe from an American conservative Christian perspective, my gloss has always been shoplifting. Okay. You, know, you, you, you mentioned it right away, yeah. and that's where I go. Going to you, the... Yeah, yeah, as a conservative Bible-believing Christian, I'm probably not going to do Grand Theft Auto or armed robbery, <laughs> you know, smash-and-grab job breaking right. into someone's house. That's probably outside of the realm of reality for me. But mm-hmm. that that shoplifting, especially, you know, when you're a kid, you said the pack of gum in the convenience store, mm-hmm. that's where it is. And the, the glass is, well, I haven't shoplifted anything lately, mm-hmm. so I haven't stolen uh, mm-hmm. But there's so much more
0: to it. Well, what about that. paper clips at, at the workplace or yeah. pencils at the workplace? Well, or, and,
2: and you go down that aisle, or, or you know, we we have a list that that Luther uh, uh, kind of lays out for us in the Large Catechism. Uh, theft, obviously, that's what is forbidden in the commandment. Mm-hmm. Vandalism to deface or ruin hmm. your neighbor's property is the same as stealing it uh, sure. because they no longer have possession of it.
0: Can you talk to my previous tenants and my rental property?
2: <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, so, I mean, you know, that's a big deal. Uh, dishonest business dealings okay. uh, where you're in it to get the most out of it for yourself. Oh, oh wait a
0: minute. We, we can't, you know, we can't bring that into, into this. Can we?
2: That's what it is. We have a responsibility as Christians in the free marketplace to deal generously with those who we do business well, with.
0: And what about taxes? That doesn't apply to taxes, does render it?
2: Render under Caesar what is yeah, Caesar's, and right. to the Lord what is the Lord's. But I, I think people, we, we've kind of grown accustomed to the capitalistic system mm-hmm. uh, and free market enterprise of the bottom line being the, the thing. And, and even though I think Luther would support capitalism and mm-hmm. support free market enterprise, he would do so from the perspective that as Christians, we are free in that free market to be generous mm-hmm. uh, and to establish uh, fair prices instead of what we can get. Yeah. Think about that story from last year with that company that purchased the EpiPens for, for allergies mm-hmm. and they started selling them for thousands of dollars a piece oh, instead of what right. was affordable. Uh, because people needed them and they were going to have to pay for them. That's not, that's stealing, you know, even though they're not taking money out of people's pockets, it's unfair dealing. It's unfair business dealings. Mm -hmm. Uh, And we should have a voice in the marketplace against those things. The mm-hmm. church should uh, have a voice and the Christian should
0: have a High voice. High interest loans, taking advantage of people mm-hmm. in bad yeah. situations. Predatory
2: yeah. lending. You know, we, right. the housing bubble burst about 10 years ago. Oh, uh, and, and Brian, you and I specifically have both been victims of that. <laughs>
0: sure.
2: Uh, so that's I was happy
0: until you just said that. Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> bad memories. I'm um, here for you guys. Yeah.
2: <laughs> laziness.
1: Yeah, that, this is the one that I think, I think maybe a would convict one. a lot of, lot of people, myself included, of it is so easy to, when you're, quote-unquote, on the clock, to not give your best effort. Yep. Be it scrolling through social media, not working, do, hard. Not, not working hard. Yeah, there's all kinds of ways. There's a zillion ways to and break this.
2: Luther is really direct at this. He said mm-hmm. uh, that, in talking in his terms from 500 years ago, a servant can rob his master of much more than would happen in an actual robbery Hmm. just by being lazy in a year. And you can't say anything about it. You can't Mm -hmm. do anything about it. And this is something where Christians should actively Mm -hmm. be working against in our own lives. We have been hired at a wage to perform a task. Mm -hmm. We should do that with integrity.
0: I think that's something that's really lost that work ethic is worship to God, Mm -hmm. you know, biblical work ethic to, to, do what you're called to do, mm-hmm. to, to do what you're hired to do and to do it well and to do it unto the Lord as an act of worship. Mm-hmm.
2: And this is something that flows right out of the Garden of Eden, that work yeah. ethic was something that was given to humans before the fall. Uh, mm-hmm. the, this, the Garden of Eden before sin wasn't this fluffy, ethereal Paradise that you know that you know the clouds and the the fat babies playing the harps and, and things like that is that it was a paradise, but uh, Adam and Eve had jobs to do; they were to tend to the creation, and it was going to be a rewarding, fulfilling existence for them uh, and and this is especially hard mm-hmm. because of the last twenty thirty forty years in American existence, the emphasis on white collar work over Blue collar work is we've lost the sense in America of the value of hard work. Yeah, mm-hmm. the
0: Ecclesiastes touches on that, mm-hmm. just the privilege of, of that, actually. Yeah.
2: Mm-hmm. So. And, and, and as a Christian, it's really weird. I'm indebted to Mike Rowe. Uh, the dirty jobs guy <laughs> for for correcting my theology of work, <laughs> and he does, he's not necessarily doing it from a Christian perspective. Yeah, what do you mean by that? But but putting value back on oh, sure. working with your hands, you know, producing something mm-hmm. for your neighbor. And again, no, this is not to belittle someone who's in the cubicle. I was going to say uh, the knowledge worker that's kind the, of a the knowledge that, worker. Mm-hmm. But we remember under vocation, and there you go, Brian. Uh, vocation <laughs> under Christian vocation, whatever you're doing, whether it's a, a white collar cubicle knowledge work or a blue Mm -hmm. collar work -hmm. with your hands sort of thing you're doing for your neighbor you're providing a service to your neighbor that they in turn don't have to do for themselves
1: yeah you know lately i've been thinking about this as a pastor a pastor is kind of like a knowledge worker in a sense and sometimes when i fall into laziness at work where i'm not maybe working harder or whatever i i tend to think of well, who am I serving right now? Yeah, I maybe not. I maybe don't have the people right in front of me in my office, but preparing a sermon, I'm serving my flock, you know, through that, or working on a Bible study, or whatever it may be. And, and I will. Con-
2: I will confess, it is so easy as a pastor, especially mm-hmm. when I'm by myself all yep. day, to just waste time. Yep uh it is so easy to do that and it's it's a discipline issue and mm-hmm. it's a you know it's a confession of sin issue yep. too day
1: by day repentance and
0: okay. faith it's yeah. so funny and then you've got you know the other side too where i'm restless i can't sit still i'm i have to be doing something i can't just so. <laughs> not be doing something, you know. yeah. Oh, I
2: love not doing things. I excel at it. <laughs> that's a, that's a, a tweetable quote from this. <laughs> <laughs> There's my tweet of, the, tweet of the episode, huh? All right, back and, to uh, our regularly yeah, scheduled yeah, program. Right. Wrapping up Luther's prohibitions on this, he said consent. Yeah, what do you mean by uh, consent? Consent is that we are not committers of the crime, but we approve of the crime. Think of Saul. Uh, gathering the cloaks oh, uh, sure. as they were preparing to, to stone Stephen, mm-hmm. or uh, that you sit idly by and watch someone get robbed. Sure, uh, you know it's the, the the what are called the Good Samaritan right. laws are, are prevented. Where if you're trying to do good, you're not going to get busted for mm-hmm. it, but you can, you know, sitting by and watch someone yep. have
1: a crime committed against them might be a punishable offense. That, that's why I appreciate when my neighbor calls me and says hey you left your garage door open Mm, and you're able to close it and they're protecting you i I
2: actually a couple years ago my neighbor left it open and i went in and uh Pressed the button and ran out and leaped over the <laughs> sensor right as they were pulling into the driveway. It looked like an absolute idiot. <laughs> I explained I didn't know when you were coming back. But you left the garage door. Oh, like thank you, thank you, thank you. Was like, it oh, was I probably would, more funny just uh, watching you do, do that, that exercise. Yeah. <laughs> and fat jumping guy, over. fat yeah. guy, hurdling an invisible <laughs> hurdle. Uh, and I, I, I was not robbing you. <laughs> I was trying to protect you from being robbed. But it's that sort of thing. Yeah. You know, if you know that your neighbor is exposed to harm and do nothing thing about it, you are breaking the seventh commandment, yeah. which is, whew, you know, one of those things where you sit back, this is a lot deeper than I thought it was. Yeah, right. Uh, and the final prohibition is Luther being Luther for Luther's time, uh, railing against the accu- acc- accumulation of wealth and land by the Roman Catholic Church. Mm-hmm. That in Luther's day, the wealthiest landowner in all of Europe was the church mm-hmm. and, and people were suffering because of the accumulation of wealth by the church. Something for us to consider now, I don't think we'll ever get back to the extent it was in the 1500s, but mm-hmm. uh, for, for churches to consider to remember the poor instead of to exult in the, the wealth of the congregation. And, and oftentimes churches will make idols of the bottom line.
0: Well, but even, you know, you think about some of the prosperity mm-hmm. churches that are out there that are preaching that whole sure. health and wealth thing. Yep. It's They're, they're doing the, the same thing that the yep. Catholic Church did. Mm-hmm.
2: Yep, and that's, you know, it's all over. And thankfully, we have now the flip side of the coin where Luther gives us, well, what is obeying the seventh commandment? Yeah. Look like? We've what talked
1: it? about the prohibit. Well, yep. How about the promote?
2: Promoting. No. Well, it, first of all, in promoting... Uh, the seventh commandment, the seventh commandment is establishing private property, hmm. uh, which, which is a big sort of thing because Christians kind of tend towards communalism. Sure, you know, We have the, the examples extraordinary in, in examples Acts. in Acts and, and at various times in church history that has become prescriptive
1: instead mm-hmm. of descriptive. And I think the thing people miss about those examples is they did it out of freedom. Because they wanted to, yeah. and, and it, they saw a need instead of being forced to do it.
2: Yeah, and in this case, we can say definitively as a church that the Bible does not promote socialism. Mm-hmm. It, it is not a part of the economic environment that the Bible lays out. Now, if it's a voluntary thing, God be praised for generosity. Mm-hmm. But it is not a prescribed weight on if you have more than I do— Uh, you're not permitted to lord your wealth over me and I'm not permitted to pine after your wealth. I mean, part of the lies of socialism in America today is that someone... Uh, for someone to be wealthy, they've had to step on the the backs of the poor to get there. You know, it has happened. We have several examples where someone has taken advantage of the oppressed classes to, you know, you have the robber barons of the 1800s, which led to the rise of unions. Uh, but there are – it is possible to be honest – be a man of integrity and to become wealthy doing that. And there's nothing wrong with that. There's no shame in that. And then you ask yourself as a wealthy person, what is my responsibility to the church and to the community as a wealthy person? Uh, There are different responsibilities involved in that, but it does establish private property
1: because you Hmm.
2: can't steal unless someone else owns it. It's not
1: possible. Right. Mm -hmm. I remember when, even just a few years ago where this became more clear to me, I just had one of those aha moments <laughs> of so, wow, that is really neat. Uh, see how how Scripture uh, shows that. So what what else? What else does this commandment promote? It's
2: promoting obviously, then flowing from the concept of private property, is promoting generosity. Uh, generosity kind of fits under the hospitality, spiritual gift sort of a thing, allowing us to be generous with what God has already provided. You know, generosity is simply acknowledging that what we've been given in life, even what we've been given in excess mm-hmm. is not our own anyway. God has provided for it, for our comfort, mm-hmm. for our blessedness, and, and we have the freedom to simply give it away, mm-hmm. to, to not Clench it to not hold it, yep. knowing that God has provided for us our daily bread on a daily basis. Is the promise of the Lord's Prayer.
0: And mm-hmm. you know, coming off of that freedom, we have the freedom, but we have the privilege mm-hmm. in the freedom of Christ. We have the privilege of giving it away.
2: Yeah, we have the privilege and and seeing others be blessed by it. You know, it's one of the delights I have when we're in seasons of being able to give more. Having like Bible school students who are preparing for a mission mm-hmm. trip, raise money, and you know, see them uh, receive a blessing from our congregation or from us or, you know, raising money for scholarships or things like that. It's, uh, it's, it's a joyful thing to be able to be in a position to give Mm -hmm. and and to bless others. Mm -hmm. Uh, Flowing from that, the seventh commandment is prescribing honesty and integrity. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, this is the flip side of bad business dealings. It's the responsibility we have to be fair yeah. in business, to, to look out for the betterment of your competitors yep. or your customers instead of simply right. looking out for your own.
1: Yeah, I think of some of the Old Testament prophets, how they talk about unjust balances and scales. Yeah. And yeah, God cares about that. God cares about that, and society
2: doesn't work mm-hmm. without honesty integrity. Uh, yeah. we're, we're seeing that now with there's no trust. They're, they're, I mean, just think about, uh, aside from industry and business, think about the the climate surrounding the media mm-hmm. anymore. You know, I, I'm trying to be open-minded as I can, and I don't know a single source of media that I, I can trust right now, mainstream, that I feel is being honest, both in holding our current president, his feet to the fire, but also in saying, well, these are some things that maybe he's done good. And there's a little bit of both. Mm-hmm. Uh, but because honesty and integrity have, you know, completely fallen apart in society today and we're we're entirely self-interested mm-hmm.
0: yeah i was going to say because that's fueled by ambition and greed and you think you go right back to the garden that statement that you made as uh, adam and eve were privileged to have tasks that were given by god but those tasks were void of ambition void of greed void for the hunger of power and self-promotion but everything that you're talking about is saturated with that yep. Mm -hmm. I think this commandment is much easier to
2: understand how it's broken Mm -hmm. By looking at what it prescribes We can do this list of theft, vandalism and stuff And that's insightful But when you start talking about the honesty and integrity and the generosity You
1: really see where we're not holding ourselves to the standard of the seventh commandment Yeah, and this commandment really feels almost like the American commandment in a sense Maybe it's just because we live in America And this is where it's played out in society with our neighbors Yeah, on, on on
2: a positive side, I mean, I think it would celebrate this concept of uh, uh, American hard work in in work ethic. Or, you know, sometimes it's talk about the Protestant work ethic flows mm-hmm. from this. That sort of thing is good. Yeah. But what happens is when we start focusing on that, we make an idol of sure. the self-made man. Right. And the, the-, the pulling yourself up by your bootstraps type mm-hmm. of thing. Yep. And, and it, again, that's where it breaks down. And so ultimately what the seventh commandment is promoting is hard work. Sure. Uh, is working for your own good and working for your neighbor's good, for for the good of even his material possessions. And, uh, you know, hard work is the opposite of laziness, which is Mm -hmm. forbidden by the seventh commandment. We're not stealing uh, from others' expectations of our fulfilling our responsibilities, but we're living up to those. And Mm -hmm. uh, hard work, at its core, uh, is loving our neighbor. Yep. Uh, because even if you're, you know, and this is the the, the beauty of sanctification is mm-hmm. even if you tainted by sin as you are working for your own reputation, your hard work still has a benefit for your neighbor. God is still using yep, that to exactly. bless your neighbor. And, and that's mm-hmm. vocation. It's the freedom the Christian has in vocation is that God is sanctifying even your worst intentions mm-hmm. for the good of your neighbor. That's yep. amazing.
1: Yeah, right. Yep. And at the same time, we don't want to... I think sometimes Lutheran, as Lutherans, we discourage wanting to pursue good works and good deeds. And and I think if God's given you a desire to work hard, yeah. that's his spirit working in you uh, to to bring that about, to bless our neighbors. Yeah. We don't want to minimize the actual virtue of honest right. hard work for others. Right. But, but also set to it in the right context.
2: Set it in the right context because there are going to be times, you know, it's just like, oh, man, I woke up today. I didn't feel like loving my neighbor. <laughs> but... If I work, God is still going to love my neighbor through me, right. despite my worst intentions. Yep. But we encourage, we exhort, and we rebuke that when we're not practicing the virtue, that's sin. Mm-hmm. And then the response of sin is always repent and be forgiven. That's yes. the beauty of living under the gospel,
1: that that forgiveness is always available for our failures. Mm-hmm. That. That's maybe a good spot to stop here. I can live with that. Yeah, let's do it.
2: You got our closing. It's been a tradition now. You got our closing (laughs) passage.
0: Matthew 6. Do not lay up for yourself treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy, Hmm. where thieves break in and steal, but lay up for yourself treasure in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will also be. Amen. Thank you for joining us. Please look us up on the web at beinglutheran.com. Also invite a friend to check us out on iTunes. Join us next week as Pastor Jason, Pastor Brett, and myself continue our discussion on the Seventh Commandment on what it prohibits. God bless you and have a wonderful week.